Hello and welcome back to Talking Wednesday on a week where I think we've recorded three podcasts. So this is fun. This it, We're just keeping the podcast coming because there's lots of news coming out. So the order is completely gone. This is supposed to be Monday's podcast, uh, Monday's last Tuesday's podcast. So if there's not a podcast then, and we've not announced a manager, which is probably the reason we will have a podcast then, there won't be a podcast there. This is that podcast. But this is basically a way of us getting ahead of everything to make sure that we're still talking about what's relevant. And that is today the fixtures in the fan forum and the likes. It's James joined by Jack this week because um, Jake's basically tucked himself out after going to get the away shirt. I bet he's currently filming an away shirt review as we speak um, and having it is probably going to have a nice nap. But Jack, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, well, I'm personally, I'm good. But to do with Sheffield Wednesday, I'm absolutely just, I like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, it, it, we've imploded. It, it feels a bit like an implosion. Um, and I just, I also kind of, well, I just wanted to Great timing because, for that reference yes, there, Jack. Yes, I know, well because at the yeah, time of recording, we just on. found out <laughs> yeah. unfortunate news yeah. about the submarine that was uh, around the Titanic wreckage and rest in peace to the five souls that sadly were lost on that. Uh, I didn't even realise, you know, you know when you start saying something and then as the words come out of your mouth, you go, oh no, I'm sounding like I'm referencing something here that's very relevant. I, well, that's I genuinely thought you were doing a tongue-in-cheek and and, ton in, ton in sort of like, really sort of like, oh, this is, uh, this is me with my top-level comedy. That I, is it too soon? Five people were unalived, James. I'd not joke about that until, well, possibly ever. All right, I'd, I, I'm not a heartless sod. All right. I'd, I, anyway, um, I also I think, I think the quite... whole internet has kind of gone round. Yeah. That have gone. It's very, very sad. But also, what were they doing? Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing at the minute. It's one of those that collective sort of like this is madness. But exactly. Yes, What's also kind of funny, by the way. Both both managers that managed the teams in the playoff final have now have now not in their those jobs. Yeah. Both teams Jack. that were in the League One playoff final have not got a manager anymore. Jack, currently. less than a month ago, we were doing that whole playoff run. Oh. It feels so you long were ago like, now. You were like in a hotel room with me wanting to kill you because you were snoring so loud less than a month ago. And now look where Sheffield Wednesday are. This was in Wembley, by the way, for people who have joined since then. We, yeah, uh, that have, that we have went down to Wembley rock. together. Chad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes. How are you, James? Thank you for asking. This time. <laughs> because, um, because Sophie had a go at us off, off air <laughs> for not asking you last time. How are you, James? She didn't, have, she didn't actually directly say anything. She was more just sort of like making a tongue-in-cheek comment of, oh, mm. they didn't ask you how your week was. And I was like, no. No, they didn't. Selfish people. Um, well, we're asking now, James. We want to know. The people it, I, demand answers. I wasn't very um, well for like Tuesday, Wednesday, as you can probably see when I did the shorts. I kind of like, I was getting a bit breathless. I was sort of like, I was quite poorly. So I just kind of like filmed like a 60 second video and then put the phone down. Otherwise I'd have probably done like a big thing on the Steven Gerrard links and things like that. Um, but we're not doing that at all. Um, I am half tempted to put some bait in this podcast later for the uh, breakout. Just purely because that, that, that person who very clearly 
made up a text to bait the Paul Ince thing on Twitter, which was kind of fun. And people just went for it straight away. Yeah. Right. And then it's it's one of those things where I'm like, you this is very obvious bait. But every but a lot of people are falling for it. And I'm like, if we do a breakout, it would probably bang views and do very, very well. But it's also a case of would then people think we've bought into the bait? But also, as a, as the Sheffield Wednesday cycle is going, this podcast, even though it's very fresh, might be out of date by the time it even hits feeds because we could announce a manager at any minute at the time of recording because that's just the way this club's going this week. But yes, we want to talk about the, um, the fans for and the fixtures and things like that. Just before we do mention that, you can support this channel with memberships available at youtube.com slash dexteritybox. Join at a membership tier. You can leave super thanks, things like that, um, which are the comments. I never mentioned that, but that's a thing now. You can actually leave um, like super chats, but super comments on videos, which give us a little bit of cash if you want to do that. Membership options also unlock the Discord access. So if you want to be part of the Talking Wednesday Discord, Discord, you can go there. Follow the socials at Talking Wed. Um, we're going to be ramping up that a little bit more, actually. I'm going to be putting Jack to work with some more socials soon. So that'll be fun. And you can leave us nice reviews on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the sort of podcast services, Podchaser. Go and do that if you've not done that already. And we will be reading them out. So the fixtures are out. And the first match for Sheffield Wednesday will be at home on the 4th of August to Southampton under the sky cameras. We've then got Hull City, Preston North End and Cardiff City, followed by Leeds United. And that's our first five fixtures. What do you think to those, Jack? That is a very difficult start, isn't it? I would say, well, speaking in the current sense of the 14-man squad and managerless and coachless Sheffield Wednesday, I think that's a very difficult start, but that could change depending on who we get in, both player and staff-wise. But Southampton, the first game at home of the season. Oh, oh, (laughs) That's uh, that's not what I wanted to read. Quite frankly, I I wanted to see somebody, somebody like a like a like a like a Stoke or a QPR or somebody like that. I didn't want to go in with the with the freshly relegated side, first game of the season. That's either going to go very well in our favour or it's disastrously wrong. There's no, I can't see like a nil nil one one draw in that one. So well, uh, mm. it's most like well, it is going to be a new manager's first match against the new manager's first match so they can go either way oh yeah so Mm. we don't know how that's going to respond for either club and we also don't know what we're going to end we don't even know what players we're going to have at that point there's all sorts going off at the minute the one thing i am quite happy about is there's going to be a lot of talking wednesday dexterity box um maybe even a little bit of punk chef stuff if we can get some collaboration stuff going on there we're going to have a meeting about all of that soon for those early fixtures especially and then going through the fixtures actually line up quite nicely this we year in we, terms we of we thought we were going to have stability we thought we were going to have stability and it's I just, know, Jack. it's all gone out the window it's uh anyway sorry to interrupt carry on it's just it's not it's not ideal, is it? But no. <laughs> there we are. Um, we've got the Christmas fixtures are Coventry City on Boxing Day. On the 23rd, it's Cardiff at home. And then we've got 
Preston on the new. So the New Year's ones go like this. So the the twenty ninth is Preston, and then on the first we've got Hull at home. So New Year's Day is Hull. I never go to New Year's fixtures. Mm. That's usually because it's too painful. But I'm I'm an adult now. Maybe I uh, maybe I won't be a degenerate at uh, <laughs> <laughs> New Year's. Um, too painful because of the headaches. Yes, nice. Yeah, because it's funny because I could see us going. Hey, Jack, do you want? Should we go to that home match on New Year's Day? And then I oh, I fully plan on being a degenerate. I'm sorry, you fully, fully disappear. For, yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. <laughs> that could be great for content. Oh yeah, like well, me rocking, you, re, me, me rocking the usually up to like you on pessimistic New Year's. one. Is is actually quite lively, and me the usually like optimistic one is in a dreadful mood, and is just yep. constantly rocking back and forth, going, "No, the headaches, please stop." You oh. trying not to throw up next to yeah. me? That could be a laugh, actually. Yeah. Never say never. We will see. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think. <clears throat> Sunderland on the last day of the season as well is obviously that could be crucial depending on where we end up. How are you feeling like looking at those after the first five fixtures? Where do you think we're going to be sat if you're just going to make a stab in the dark? Mid-table. I I think this, well, we're going to talk about it obviously, but like as things stand right now, and again, it could change. We never know what the bloody hell is going to happen with this club, but... This could change in the next sort of 72 hours or something like that upon time of recording. But I just don't think, I honestly don't think that this top six finish dream of Chan Series for this upcoming season is a realistic target. Because look at this league. Look at the, it's not a NAF championship league like it might have been the last year or the year before that. This is a very, very competitive league this year. Very scary looking one for newly promoted sides. And we need to stop thinking that they were, we were the same established championship club we were a few years ago because we're a newly promoted side now. It's a fresh look, Sheffield Dang, Wednesday but, but now. Top six. And it's, top six, oh. Jack. Top six. Go but for top six. Again, we can only get there if we invest correctly. And on the on the last couple of years, well, even before that as well, actually, to a degree, we haven't invested really anything. So it's you know, on the field, I should say, we've invested infrastructurally in some places, but like, we need to be, we need to show intent with who we sign and with the manager that we, and the staff that we bring in. Otherwise, if we just go on the cheap, then it's it's 70% likely to not work out as a top six finish and more like a, we're going to be lucky to avoid relegation or just finish mid table, I think. By the way, that's not us saying tops. That was a tongue no, in cheek that was to the fact that Chan yes. Siri at the fan forum said the aim is top six. I get the ambition and I get what he's saying, but it's it's very you, difficult you, yeah. when you have a um you've just sacked a manager. With not sacked a manager, but Yeah. Let's just get into that fans forum, right? Okay. Yes. So we're gonna we're gonna utilize just because it's all neat and nicely in an order, we're gonna utilize um we've got the Yorkshire live feed um, from there because, and we were just going to, we were just going to pull some Mm. key moments and key quotes out of what has been said. Okay. So it started very much on the defensive. And when I was sort of 
going along with this, I was like, hmm. He starts talking about there's no point fans coming with agendas and things like that. And I could see all of that, but immediately goes on the defensive and it sets up sort of like, okay, this is going to be a bit cagey. Did you get that vibe? Yes, I did. I, as soon as, as soon as he opened with that and didn't open with openness, you know, I'm here to answer your questions and stuff. We've not had this more. Basically he started immediately on the defensive and I thought this is going to be a train wreck. As soon as he, as soon as that was announced as the first key talking point on Twitter at the time. I was like, oh no, it's going to be just like the last one, isn't it? There's going to be arguments. There's going to be, oh no, this isn't going to, this isn't going to go the way we think. And uh, that's, that's, that's exactly what happened, I think. Mm. Well, he said, that. so the question was raised about Darren Moore Mm. and, and we all thought we'd get sort of like some clarification. That's why this fans forum was quite an exciting thing. Like, oh, we're going to hear more about it. He says the following. It's not complicated and it happens in football. Coaches come and go. This is normal. I can't talk much because I promised him I will not say anything. If he says first, then I will say it. If you want more info, maybe go and ask him. We have a good relationship still. After the game at Wembley, he went on holiday and then came back last week. We had a meeting. It's nothing different. It's football. We still have a good relationship. And then he talks about him coming to watch with him um, and he keeps reiterating that a coach leaving is normal so since after the fans forum Darren Moore has refused to comment on this and says he only wants to look forward the, there's kind of a debate over is this an acceptable thing because it's obviously between two men and uh, you know not wanting to two, two friends that don't want to sour the relationship of, by dragging up kind of nitty-gritty details that might paint either party in a bad light, that sort of thing. Exactly, yeah. but the, the side I want to present to that is there's a representation of a football club with like a massive fan base, I use the word, but you, you know what I mean, lots of people that want to know what's actually happening. And unless it's something very, very, very personal, which it doesn't seem like it is. It seems like a disagreement. If it is something personal, I completely understand here, but you've got to say yeah. that. You've got to say it's a personal thing, which is what makes me think it's not. I do think there is a little bit more that fans are in... It's very hard using the word entitled to with anything, but you are entitled to some sort of explanation rather than coaches come and go, in my opinion, because yeah. we're, we're just left in the dark completely about it. I think to a degree, uh, it's probably... If it doesn't give away any secrets of how the business is run from a standpoint where some other external party can use that against Wednesday and try and derail them somehow, then those sort of details absolutely keep out of the public eye. But if it's stuff like this, that's sort of like a, a, a transparency thing, just to just effectively to keep your own reputation sort of in, intact or in like a... More, more to be seen as an integrity thing. Like, yes, well, this is this is what's happened. We're not going to hide that. It, it's it's a difficult one because obviously in the past there's been the national news articles that came out a, a few years ago in that re relegation season uh, that were all attacking Chancery. That sort of thing has meant that now I think a lot more people want to know very fine details of how the club is being run. Whereas had that all not happened, nobody would care. The, the, this would just be like, okay, it's fine. He's left, whatever. But because of the turbulent couple of years 
leading up to League One, I think that's why more people are wanting to know more details that possibly wouldn't be asked about if 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 anything else had happened. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I, I think it's like more a politician a... there, didn't I? But anyway, no, it's fine. I think it's it's just a case of it would have been nice to have a straight answer, and I think that's yes. the bottom line. On yeah. That. Um, but, I, but I also respect that not everything should be public knowledge because if yes. everything was public knowledge, then it wouldn't be able to function properly as a business or whatever, you know? Here's where I started to worry, though. He says, we will have a new coach soon. I'll try before the players come back in. In the championship, it's more difficult than League One. It's, easy, it's easier to recruit faster in League One. Majority of the players on the home uh, are on holiday at the moment. Please be more patient. And he starts talking about so that's immediately where he's like, oh, no, we thought there might be a plan in place at this point. We thought Carlos might be walking yeah. onto the stage. We thought that, you know, there might be all sorts. He's, this must have happened with some sort of plan in place. This is where you go, oh, God, oh, there's no plan. no, yeah. And at this point, all my remaining optimism just dropped, went. I was like, oh, no, it's, we've, we've managed to somehow go from being in a great position with great momentum and great feeling around the club, and it's all gone. It's all just crashed. Even the small amount of hope there. Um, and he just told... I think it's very difficult when the media are obviously writing it and fans are inferring it, because so, he sort of joked about... Because he spoke to Bannon, and Bannon's, uh, Bannon sort of like made a joke about being a head coming in and taking training and stuff like Player that. manager and all and that, he, yeah. You mm. know, when he said that sort of thing, he said that jovially, and it doesn't always come across in text. Um, but this was a sign that there was no plan in place. Did, did that concern you as much as it concerned me? And yes. Obviously still we're in that process. Yes. And it's, it's as well, just go, like, as the, as the evening went on, a lot. I think a couple of people questioned about the plan and why is there's no long-term plan. And, and Chancery almost took this stance of like, well, you can't really have a long-term plan in football because anything happens at a moment's notice. And I sort of thought, well, no, because Luton somewhat had a long-term plan. Brentford had a long-term plan. Others have had a long-term plan and it's worked out brilliantly for them. So why can't we implement a long-term plan and then just alter it slightly depending on what is inflicted on the club? Why have we got to think so short-term all the time? Why is We're talking about a why, long-term why plan. Why is everything always about putting out fires? Just don't put a plan in place so that no sodding fires start in the first place. Exactly, if you don't, if you don't ignite, Or have a fine. contingency plans, you know? Like, uh, what? Nothing. It doesn't have to all be reactionary all the time. This is what has annoyed me in the past about Chan series reign, and it seems to be carrying on. It's all reactionary. There's no proactive steps being taken. And ah, oh, anyway. Sorry. Well, here's the Don't worry miss. about recruitment. You talk about long-term plans. Maybe they have got a long-term plan, which kind of goes against some of the things that you were saying about him yeah. learning on certain things. So he says the following when we're talking about transfers and quote the one who did our list is our recruitment team our team we made the lists and the coach will talk to them and we'll go through it whoever is here as in talking about the head coach the manager will still use our list right basically that is not an attractive uh, proposition for a lot of managers 
without a sporting director in place, in my opinion. Yeah. Because you, cause it's contradictory to the idea of him. I know he said in the past about giving the manager control and the manager should, and, and the sort of, you know, the manager has the say on things. But managers want to bring in players that fit their system. Darren Moore started bringing in players that fit his system with that and they worked with it. I don't feel like, why would you? Here's the thing, right? If you're buying a certain type of player, why would you get rid of a manager that's currently working with them if you're controlling all the transfers anyway? Because it's going to be very difficult to attract somebody who wants to come in that unless they like the head coach role with the sporting director. I have got a counter-argument to this, but obviously you've said in the past that it looked like he was learning and not doing that so much and letting the manager have more input. So what are your thoughts on it? It's, it's very, I mean, I'm sort of split down the middle about it. And a lot of clubs now also operate with this sort of thing, the head coach. But the all of those clubs have got a sporting director in. And our sort of figure in that sort of department has just become the sporting director of Blackpool FC. So we're now without that role as well. So who the heck has kind of taken the impetus on this transfer list? Was it Darren Moore? Was it someone else? Was it Dave? Was it um? Oh, not David Downs because he's the one that's left, isn't he? Uh, the other guy that Steve Bruce brought in, like the anal- the chief analyst guy. Um, oh, um, uh, oh, I forgot his name. Dean well. Hughes. Dean, Dean Hughes, okay. I think his name is. Yeah. Um, like who, who's taken the impetus on this? Has it all just been football agents saying, "Here's our player." you might be interested in signing him because we've gone down that route before. And let me tell you, it did not work out very well. In fact, part of it is featured in a recently released Netflix documentary, exposing a whole load of these corrupt agencies that have done that sort of thing to football clubs, which actually is quite an interesting watch. So uh, yeah, but anyway, like it, it all feels very rudderless at the moment and we need to get, I, I would actually say that we need to get some sort of sporting director ish role in as well as the manager as soon as possible if this is the route that he wants to take with although at the uh, yeah at the same time there's the other side of the argument which is who's to say that this is the only window where this happens maybe in the january window and the next summer window the it's given more towards the head coach manager in terms of who they get brought in it's just that this has all happened very quickly in a very sudden short space of time and they don't have the time because of this impending start of the season to get a new list together. So this the is just the one that we've got to of, settle with now. You know what strikes me is is something that might sort of tend to this. Oh, he does bring in players. He's not always in control, even though he might seem like he was in control, and he's bringing in players that want to work for Darren Moore. In terms of the recruitment, I I have to offer the other side of Mighton Wilkes. Those sort of players that we like, we, we, we sign players that play positions that Darren Moore doesn't naturally play with. Yeah. So we're talk, we talk about wingers a lot, right? And wanting to play with wingers. I, I do think have the club wants those players. Because yeah. mm. if, if that is the situation, obviously Darren Moore tried to play them at wing back and the likes of that. But it's a case of maybe there is a little bit of that in there that they're not quite Darren Moore players. And the new manager might want to play with wingers so the the club are the club and the recruitment team are looking at bringing in options because you don't then don't have to completely re 
jiggered playing staff when you change the manager. But we're talking about a long-term project with Darren Moore, so we shouldn't have been looking at that anyway, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, my counter to that was Darren Moore did play with wingers, and he does like to play with wingers because we did it in the first season in League One. It's just that a lot of teams were outdoing us by playing the housery tactic and the sort of, well, the sort of tactics that we employed last season to kind of get us up. I don't really think we play with... Because we did play with wingers a lot in that first season. I've blocked a lot of that first season out, but like it's... Did we play with wingers a lot? Because I felt like we played with wing backs. No, no, it was wingers and wing... It was was very... It was effectively the sort of nice football-ish that we would have been playing had we stayed in the championship. I know there was a few games where like... I know there was a few matches where Johnson was in front of like Reese, uh, not Reese James. Um, it was at left back. Oh, my brain's gone. Very good question. But we did, uh, but it's one of those. Uh, that's why I'm, I I don't specifically remember us lining up too much with wingers. We sort of like went to this. We were messing about with the defense a lot, and that's yes when we would have employed sort of like different formations. But I don't. I remember seeing the style towards the end of the season and the way we built into this one thinking, oh, are we going to properly play with wingers now? But, yeah. Because I know the players have said, have come out, like Windass came out and said that we want to go back to, to a nicer style of football that we were employing, you know, the first season in League One, etc. Now that we're back in the championship, we don't have to play the rough and tumble sort of route one direct stuff anymore. And they all wanted to go back to it. So that's, I guess, hmm. it's, an, it's just interesting to see I just want to know how the heck this list has been put together if if it's being this if it's the same list that is going to be used again. It's also a case of what managers do you attract on that because yeah. he's he's ruled out that Carlos is coming back in this. He said he sort of like said absolutely so he, no yeah, chance. literally absolutely not was his Yeah, or no chance or whatever he said. Or no chance, and, yeah. And the fact that that would have potentially worked with the sporting director style, because I think Carlos could have been he, he has been a head coach at places but it's now a case of who wants to come in on that and it, it's really it's I think it's a good it as a transfer strategy it can be really successful but you've got to do it properly and it feels like we've kind of like just stuck it together at the minute mm. and we've not and it's kind of like held together by sticks and bits of like sticks glue and, and paper mashing you know yeah. you know that sort of thing we need to actually have a pro- if we're going to do that, we probably need a sporting director in place that work. And I know Transferialites committees, so maybe have one with the committee that works with a committee. Doesn't have we need to. A Gle- I think be- we need a Glenn Roder sort of figure in again, like he had in fifteen sixteen. When I we don't. Got to the I think final. the transfers were woeful during that time. But yes, I think in terms of that role, we need we need somebody that has it with. Because the, the the in terms of I'm talking about financial management, then it wasn't good. Um, mm. Some great players came in, obviously, but the it's it's interesting, isn't it? The best players that we brought in during that time were sort of um, the ones that we like Barry Bannon on a free, the ones that yeah. we spent a lot of money on. The uh, the only player in recent history that we've spent money on that I actually think was a good player that worked that was Forestieri. I would argue Adam Reach as well. I knew you I were going to say people, that. We spent too much a lot on of him. People don't like, but I know we spent too much on him. But I also think and he was very good for us most of the I time. I think he was. I think he but, was a good enough player, but not to the price tag, and that's the mm. problem. And that's what eliminates it there for me. But yeah, transfer strategy is a thing that um, Wednesday need to get a grip of. So it'd be interesting to see how we restructure that. But 
in terms of um he actually said in the in the forum that he feels like Darren Moore was given a chance. It should have been given a chance because the fans believed he should have been given a chance because he got yeah. promoted. So it's 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 that air of sort of what is going on? What mm. happened? It's Ch- like Chan it's- Theory wanted him to have the chance in the championship, and his departing message seemed like he wanted to be having the chance and all that sort of thing, but. I don't know. Could he see himself getting sacked in six months' time because we weren't in the top six, and not, and he said he wanted to leave now, or it's you know, clouded something it even like more. that. It's, it's made it. It's, it's made it a lot. Uh, it's made it a lot more guesswork, and yeah, that's that's what I didn't want from this forum. More guesswork. Mm. Okay, we are back after a slight technical hitch because Jack breaks everything. We've got I Punk th- with us now, by the way. Yeah, for all your listeners. I think he came in feeling sorry for us because uh, he saw the fact that Jack went, my PC just froze. I literally just saw this method going, ah! I was like, okay, I'll just <laughs> see if I can offer any support. Yes, I'm calling you out on air, Jack. What do you have to say in your PC's defense? Uh, basically, I think I need to change my power cable because this is... I've, I've, uh, the good news is I've located the root issue and it's that I keep getting power spikes occasionally, which freezes the PC up. It triggers off like an internal defense thing on the motherboard, which then causes it to freeze and go, oh, don't kill me, please. And that's what has happened. So that's again. why there was no so. there was no video of Jack for the first half or maybe even now if he does it again. But mm. at least there'll be some sort at of audio At least there's an audio there. backup this time around. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't press oh. record on his audio either, so he had to use recovery files. Oh, yeah. please children right okay so let's jump back into it so we were reading from the yorkshire lives feed of the fans forum so as yorkshire live talks about the they they were quoting the fans forum talking about season tickets and chancery went quite defensive at this point and you could tell that this is one thing that he got really passionate about he was talking about the fact that he always tries to be fair one of the fans says it's disgraceful you know the the season ticket prices Mm. for where they are at there's a lot i know we've had a debate topic on this there's a lot we have talked about around this subject about the fact that we think that you know jack you and me played other side the opposite sides of this coin i will probably say now that i think if you wanted a season ticket you'd have probably bought one at the Mm. you know i do think the early bird is a little bit too early because of where it is Mm. but there is there is arguments for everything. There's arguments for, oh, well, why do fans need to find out what league they're in before they buy season tickets? But the, the one thing that I keep coming back to, and the first thing I want to talk about this when we're talking about it, is the fact that why is it... And this is the question that was glazed over and never talked about. Why is it not comparable to all the other clubs in our division? Why are we the exception? And that's yeah. the one thing that... Yeah. I understand we're losing money, but why are we the exception? Why do we have to be the exception? And why is there not a clear answer on that? Because every club must be in the same boat. So why do we have to be different? Jake, start us off. I think we've still got a situation where we have an owner who still thinks he's right and this is the way it should be. And I've always said it from the day everything started going a bit badly. He needs to have a chairman and then have an owner and be an owner, not do it all. I think he needs someone to go, this is what it is. It's like 
we do these surveys, do they even get looked at? Like, literally, do mm. they get looked at or is it just a, a bridging gap to see where we are? And the problem is, if these surveys are going to actually help, then great. But then when he said, I'll, when he turned around and said, he said to the journalist was, right, please put this out here. If I sell season tickets at £400, I will refund everyone. The 400 has already done it. The math doesn't add up. We can't have 30,000 people in there anyway. You right, I want to talk with... about that separate. I want to talk about that separately because no, that's a no. big claim that he made there. No, but it goes into the season ticket thing. It yeah. does go into the season ticket thing because the ways of doing it, like if you have season tickets at four hundred, you're going to sell more quicker than the. And yes, I understand having the early bird and people pay less, but the early bird would just after Christmas, won't it? People yes. don't have money yeah. there. Yeah, and I think I, the, I, the counter-argument is the finance package at zero interest there. But again, it's mm. sort of like the time that people probably aren't thinking about the amount of expense. And if you're thinking about families, it, it, it does rack up, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Jack? Mm, yeah, I, it's just it's a frustrating thing because I think at times the chairman's got this bullheadedness and he won't listen to other people and he won't. He always, he's, he's got like, it's like Jake said, he's got this sort of attitude where he just, he know he, in his head, he knows that he's doing it the best possible way, but that's probably what a lot of football chairmen think. And he, he, he seems to think that we're some exception sometimes and not actually concede, oh, maybe this other club is doing something in a better way. Let's emulate what they did, which ironically is possibly what he's got in his head about how Luton have just got to the Premier League, that they didn't spend very much to get up there. And yet there's other aspects where he's going, well, no, we're an exception. We're... And then it's later on he sort of says that, you know, I took, I took a purposeful loss because I feel like we, like it's my fault that we got there and stuff. Rather, and and is, is, the whole forum, there was, there was a weird vibe that he was giving off about it was it's me versus all of you rather than yeah. we're all in this together i think when we inferred that we're reading it aren't we and it's a case we're reading of, it and uh, yeah I, I think he's willing to listen i do think he's willing to listen to have that conversation but he he obviously has to do that through you know sort of like a bit of a broken language barrier yeah. it's very difficult when you're trying to present the argument there i think the big thing that a lot of people are missing is the fact that it's the match day prices that are caused by this okay yeah it's rumored or something we sold around twenty thousand season tickets isn't it and i know a lot of those yeah. were done at early bird so a lot of, uh, our, no a lot of them were done with people trying to get tickets for wembley yes yes that as well People trying yeah, to get through exactly. the loophole of oh next year's season ticket holders can get tickets earlier uh for wembley yeah. and stuff so loads of people bought a season ticket with no intention of going next year, at the, you know, with the season ticket. Just there is a reality, again. right, where I think it's the individual match day prices that are the concerning ones, because then you end up like looking like 40, 40 quid tickets, you know, and yeah. ticket rises. And that's the problem. If you do have a lot of season tickets on the cheap, people who want to just go will be paying a fortune to meet the quota. And what, what we've got now is we've got the worst of both worlds, expensive season tickets and expensive pay on the day matches. Yeah. 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 So it's sort of like, and that's because he's trying to cover all loss bases by if he can get in a few thousand of the people paying on the gate, that will 
compensate for the fact that he sold tickets at what he deems as a low price at Early Bird. Mm. But then it's sort of like he makes this outrageous claim that he will drop every season ticket to 400 quid if he sells 30,000 of them. Which is one of those things that that almost... For me, that's weird because it almost eliminates anybody paying... That could backfire because people will buy them for the sake of it and that's fine financially that will support the club but it sort of eliminates people paying on the day and think because we our capacity has been cut severely as well yeah it's i like i like the sentiment behind that but do you think that's sort of just something that's probably said out of passion maybe at the time when he was on the defensive I, and i think the problem with this fan forum in its whole was he hasn't done one for five years Let's put it that way. And he wanted to get everyone questioning. He was very nice about it and saying, this is what it is. And I think if he's going to want to do fan forums again, they have to be once a month, but they need to be done into sections of 10 people or 20 people, not a massive room of 50 or 60, where I think you'll get a better wider range of questions where it's more concise instead of everyone trying to have a say. Does that make sense? And again, I think some of it was down to broken English. And and I, I, it would be nice for him to have just a translator for those ones where he's struggling to understand the actual question. But I think I think the whole situation is that he's so you can tell he's so looking to recoup losses and stuff like that, but. Again, if you're a business owner, you take on those losses. We are a business. We are not a charity. I know people I hate this term, and in in business, we are the he's the con, he's the person that owns it. He's the person who's looking after the club for us. Let's put it that way. But he still owns it. He's the one still paying the staff. He's the one still paying the electric. He's the one paying this. And yet, if your overheads are too expensive, we need to be finding way to bring them down. Like the LEDs on the on the roof is finally happening if he's going through with like putting um solar panels on that'll help they are looking at wave but you can't keep it going back to us you have to take not responsibility but also accept that it's a business businesses lose and make money football businesses massively lose money and i don't think he still grasped that it's a football business and not a normal business Mm. Jack see I'm also in a sort of camp where and I'm putting I'm really putting my tin hat on for this as well just to bring it back to this this claim he made sure it was in passion but I just don't think the fan base would do it anyway like I'm sorry to say that I know there's many loyal supporters but I just don't think that 400 pounds or not I just it doesn't feel at the minute like they would even do that they just like to be backseat critics and i know it's very rich saying that that i don't go to a lot of games and i've openly admitted that but and i'm looking to go to more games in the future but i can't physically go and get a season ticket because i don't have the time to go to a lot of games so it's pointless me getting one but those that can get one just don't because they prefer to be this sort of like be backseat critic of the club rather than saying yes i'm actually going to get like for example, I just don't think they'd follow through with saying, oh, yeah, well, I'd get that if you did that, Mr. Chanceri. I don't think they'd follow through with it. 
There's a lot of fans. Yeah, and I'm happy I, to lay I, down I, that I, I do have that side of it. I do feel like I just, that's, that's even if he did say, accurate. look for this season, I'll I'll be a man of my word. Season tickets, four hundred quid. Go get them. And I don't think men, as many people would get them. So it would just prove his point about why they need to be a certain price. But I'm happy to be wrong. Please make me wrong. But I just sort of feel like our fan base wouldn't still still wouldn't go for it because they like to criticise rather than show a bit of impetus. Mm. Because if so they didn't the like how it was being run, that nobody would buy a season ticket or a ticket, but they still do. So it's just this weird... <sighs> He's thrown down know. a gauntlet now by saying, basically, I'm doing the maths on it, right? <sighs> and he is basically saying that we need to make 12 million a year yeah, on, on gate receipts. Because he's just said 400 pounds for 30,000 tickets, 12 million a year, right? Yeah. Take, I'm doing like an average of the early bird prices now because the early bird prices um, at the uh, the cheapest for an adult on the cop were 395, North Stand 485, um, 535. This is not an accurate um, average, but it'll be closer. I've probably been a little bit conservative on this one. Let's say 450 pound, the average season ticket. Okay. Mm. Um, actually, no, because there'll be kids in there and under 25. So let's say... Let's do it 400 because then that averages it out over the top, okay? And then yep. we take that and we say we sold the 18,000 of them. We'll forget the, the people on the mad rush, right? That means that we make around 7.2 million off the early bird season tickets, which leaves us with about 5 million to fetch. Now, if you have tickets and they sell for an average of 36-odd quid, you're making around 3 million for the home matches, so you are making 10 million, which just falls short. So he is, if he, if we only sell early bird season tickets, we're not reaching that 12 million target. But you would think we probably are over the course of it, which is why he's got his current pricing structure. Yeah. If 12 million is the target, there's probably there's probably more incentives to do that. And, and it might be finding a middle ground of it because how many tickets? Let me just think here. 25. So say tickets are 25 quid, right? How many home matches do you have in a season? So there's a, it's a 46-game season, isn't it? It's 24. 23. 23. 23, 23. 23, yeah. So um, let's say we get... If it drops to 25 quid a game, let's say 5,000 people pay, okay, on the gate. Yep. That's, that's, that's 2.875. So we need to up that. So... Yeah, I understand what he is saying in terms of prices, if it is at that. But you would assume that we made a bit more cash flow with the Wembley people buying season tickets, people buying them at full price. There is arguments for for it, but like if we could, if I'm just seeing if there is a way where we could the raise. The question is, has that money already gone on uh, at Spencer's? The thing is, yeah. we don't know what how expensive, how much things they're paying each week, every month. Had that already gone to clear a bill because of energy going up or something? It's... The whole point of the band forum is to be transparent. And we had transparency, but you don't want to know the ins and outs of everything in the club. Just a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I, I, never I literally want said this as well before you came on, Jake. I was like, I, certain details, I, we don't need I to never, know. But I never others. want to know the ins and outs. I just want to know, are we financially set? Are we financially stable? And is there something us as fans can do to help which doesn't rip us off at the same time? Does that make sense? Yes. I One think, thing, right, by the way, the thing. that I really... Oh, sorry, go on, James. It's You, you can jump in, don't worry, in a second, but mm. the... The magic number is 30,000, I think, fans in the door, because the way I was looking at it there, if you dropped it to 25 quid as the average of the ticket, you would basically, you would make near to 6 million over the course of the season, which if we just sold 18,000 at early bird prices, would get you over that target, right, of 12 million that he has set with that. I reckon we have yeah. sold more. I reckon we're, around, I think, I think I've been reading that we're around 21. So that means some people who have paid top whack in there as well. So if that is the case, he could lower it. We don't have to be charging. Wouldn't a full Hillsborough at £25 a ticket, you know, a reason? I'd say that's reasonable for a match ticket, right? Not yeah. the 30-plus that we end up with. You could you could try, and, and the fans would then have to turn up. It would be a case of do, you you want 30,000 in there every week. You so, so around 8 to 10K pay on the days. Mm. I reckon that would be more of an incentivized place. What were you going to say, Jack? Well, what it's it's like a it's a broader term that really does link into the gate money and into the season tickets. But why the f- are we relying so much on gate receipts and season tickets as the prime income of the club? What about sponsors? Why can other clubs in the league get these? Sure, the gambling companies or alcohol companies or whatever. They, but they're obviously paying more. But why are we getting these little niche, little, very rarely known companies to be our main headline sponsors and stuff and partners when they're clearly not giving us as much money as so many other clubs' sponsors are? And why why can't we look at other revenue streams? Why is it all just on the f***ing gate receipts all Good the Jack. time to get all this money per year? And yes, I use the I, sensor button. So I, I, I do. Yes, but I, I, do, I hope it. I hope it worked because <laughs> you sent me different do, audio feeds. I do understand that with the uh, saying this, but you just mentioned alcohol and gambling, right? Gambling on shirts and stuff is going to be gone soon, and you mm. can't sell a kid's shirt with gambling or uh, that on the shirt. There's going to be so many clubs who can't have gambling sponsorship soon because it's going to be banned. Everybody's going to be in the same boat. And the problem is there are so many different sponsors you could do. I'm, I'm surprised we don't have the hosting day somewhere unless they're going to be on like the background or something. We thought last season, it sounded like commercial, we were doing better with getting deals in. If, we, if you remember this time last season, it was looking like the commercial deals were starting to get better. Now, we need to improve that. If that means hiring some more people to help with commercial stuff, then great. But it's how do you, how is, how is our club being pitched to the people who are, say, uh, sponsorships? Mm. It's how you pitch it. But I again, think that's the overall the question think- as well. Oh, sorry, go on. It's your delay. If why is it Jack's delay? I don't get it. It's you're like you're in this little box, but uh, it's one of those things. I think it's. He was specifically speaking about ticket revenue. I think they look at those, obviously, as a collective for profit, and I see where we're trying to look around the side of it. But I think 
he's he's very determined to get this certain match day revenue because that's directly from the fans for the actual match day experience, isn't it? And that's specifically yeah. in ticketing prices. And what I would like to propose, and people seem obsessed with refunds. I'm not talking about refunds. I think if we overhauled the membership scheme, this isn't a, this is something that I think we could actually profit from because if fans are obviously upset about ticket pricing what if we had a membership scheme where you bought the membership but then over the course of the season it was a percentage-based discount and the more you went the the higher your percentage went so say the tickets start at normal pricing you buy a membership you get the initial five pound discount that's in there but then you can get like up to 25 percent off or or something like mm. that or even higher percentages the more you are going and the more you are putting money into the club with those match day tickets what if we we did that so people were building priority points but they were also building a percentage-based discount so the people who are the people that go all the time and he talks about getting people through the door and having people there and showing up they ended up getting more of a reasonable ticket. So by the time the percentage could end up bringing it all the way down to something like twenty quid a ticket, which is what it works, which is what it works out at a lot of season tickets, you know. So why, why don't and and say your membership? Do you know when you shop with somewhere and they give you like silver gold memberships and yeah. things like that, and you get a discount that lasts for like two years once you've built a certain level? If we did stuff like that, that would be beneficial. I think that's a way to overhaul the membership and get more people who don't want to commit to a season ticket. But actually, if you look at it on the back end, people will think of that as less an of an investment than just buying a season ticket. They'll yeah. think, well, oh, well, I'm building up these points. I might as well go to this match because it gets me to the next tier. That That's sort of the thing. whole point of priority point for tickets that we got yes. already. And if you include that in a different way, it, that should work. But it's such... It, it's, it's weird. It's a hard nut to crack, but it's also not a hard nut if he's willing to let people help and listen. My my big issue is it it feels like he's just gone back into micromanaging. But again, we've not heard from him in ages. And maybe this is just what's been in the background of his head and trying to say yeah. it's, it's weird. It's I'm tired <sighs> of talking about tickets now. Yeah. It's, yeah, been, it's, it's been something new. Let us know what you think on the whole uh, the whole ticket situation in the comments below. So moving on in the interview, and I'll come to you with this one, Jack. First, he talks about mm -hmm. losing money again, and he talks about improving the academy and losing one or two million a year on it. Obviously, there's players that we have let go through that academy where we probably could have recouped some of that profit. What do you think on this front? See, this is what really rubbed me up the wrong way, right? Is He's talking as though I made a loss and trying to guilt trip the fan base to say, I made this loss. Not, not you lot, it was me. And I don't know, but this is, again... This is text-based answers. He probably didn't even say it like this on the night, but it's again, it's 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 the journos that are that have taken these text clips. And the problem is with Chancery and his answers some in these occasions, it's very easy to take things that he say that he says way out of context. Just look at that one he did online that time where um where he he said that whole, you know, Sheffield Wednesday aren't that big which anymore. Which is, which is what he meant to say is we've been on our knees for quite a long time. We don't have the pulling power for certain things. Anyway, but with this whole making the loss on the academy, you have to make it's it's you have to make a loss to begin with to then get the profits in later down the line. It's not like a 
click my fingers, suddenly there we are making all the profit. No, that's not how it works. You have to invest to get out. It's why Leicester City are going to do so well in the upcoming years, uh, profitability-wise, because they've now got one of the best academies in the country, if not Europe, because of all that investment they've put into their academy and things recently. It's why Chelsea are still profitable, because look at their sodding academy and how many players they sell from that for decent money to still be turning a profit somehow with all their expenditure. Like, you're not going to get returns like that, when, especially when it's an academy, when you're literally developing future players from their infancy stage. And, and at the same time, if you're losing this much money and you're unhappy with the turnaround, what the hell are you spending the money on? Why, why are we hemorrhaging this much money and not getting much out of it? Clearly, it isn't being spent on the right things again, you know? Like, clearly, a, a sustainable plan isn't properly being followed. Uh, it, like, that's... I think, I think we need to basically make that's sure That's my frustration that with it. It's The thing with the academy is people get frustrated that we lose these players, right? Okay, but the whole... And we sell these players, and it's like we let... You know, there's a small undisclosed, yeah. undisclosed fee to, like, League 2 in the National League. That's actually been signs for me recently the the academy is working like an academy should you build these players up yes you're losing money but you start to build something that brings a little bit of money back into the club okay what isn't ideal is the way the academy structure is is structured that clubs can poach people you know hmm. i think we should be getting these players that look like they've got a lot of potential to sign one-year clauses or give the club some option, you know? So when they turn professional and they get to the age where they turn professional, they are bound by a contract. So there's significant compensation or there's, clubs have to fight us off, basically, yeah. to come in and poach them. Because there's talks about one of these uh, players yeah. we've got in our account who's like 15 that Man City is sniffing around at the minute. Yeah, so and many... This is, this, is what we've been hap hap this is what's been happening, where like our under-18s and stuff, or the, you know, the 15, 16-year-olds in that sort of age bracket. They've all been just sniped by so many other clubs. Brentford have had so many of ours. Man City have had a couple of ours. Chelsea have had a couple of ours. Like, there's no... It, it seems like there's still no pulling power to keep these youngsters at the club because they'll say, oh, Man City want me. Right, I'm off there then. They don't see... And the parents don't see there's a very good path to them becoming a professional. Whereas they know if they go to these clubs, they're way more likely to make it professional and develop more. So, and it, it also ties into what I've said before about the under 21s level is so neglected. There's, there's Tomo, there's literally Neil Thompson and that's it. Nobody else is involved in that other than maybe a physio or something. We've got ahead of you. We've like, got ahead of, we've got like ahead of youth. But that's, yeah. And stuff. But, but even but, yeah. so that, that like, it goes up through the under-18s, and then the under-21s is still just like a holding area for players. And if they make it or not, great, whatever. Like, they're getting no real more coaching than at all in comparison to when they were at the under-18s level, rather than coaching all the way through. You know, does that make sense? I like, think we just need all to put of money in the air. has does. been focused know, on the under-18s, and there's we need to all at that in-between level of the first team and the under-18s. It's like there's a big limbo still. And we need to put money and make it more of an attractive academy. That's the thing. Exactly. He's talking about making a loss on it when actually we need to make it a place where players feel like they can come and it's actually a place where they can develop and find a path to the first team, as you have said, yeah. or opportunities at other clubs. What I will say is when you've been poached by the, the Premier League clubs... 
that's always going to happen with younger academies because people will mm. come through and realize that there's there's um there's paths there's easier paths where they might break through and then go on loan to a division like that Sheffield Wednesday yeah. are in so the fact that we're in the championship if we can build from there that's when you can start to really focus on your academy and I think that needs to be one of the pulls of it and I know I Jake talks about the, training facilities and the likes I went past the academy earlier today and it's it's okay but one of my big concerns is the dome we use for winter training is broken. It is right. deflated. Darren Moore spoke about this training, this deflation of the dome. If that doesn't get fixed, we ain't got nowhere to train in winter. We, I understand what he's saying. He have put a lot of money in the academy in what he's done in terms of uh, facilities. But the thing is, people keep... People, what people don't realise, we have a good academy in the terms that we do get a lot of young players approached from our academy to go into their academy. We need to start becoming the team that put those players in our own first team. If they hit 16 and they're good enough, you go, you're in the, you're in the squad, even you're in on the, the under bench. 21s or you're on the bench. No, you're, you're, or, you're, you're know, on whatever. the bench just to bring yeah. you on for five, 10 minutes every game or something like that. So there's something there. We have one in our academy at the minute. Liverpool and uh, Man United are looking at him. The good player, but for some reason, our academy does not breed into going into first teams. Every club that you look at does well because the academy gets the player through the door, they go to first team, 22nd, 22, 23, want to get to a point where they start hopefully being good. You then get the offers in from someone higher up. You put a sell-on fee and then if they go again, you get the sell-on fee. We need to start using the academy. I, people hate it, hated me when I said this uh, on one of my videos recently, but we need to use the academy as somewhere where we sell. Not mm. to just be in the squad. It needs to be something that can generate revenue. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was just saying a little bit about actually needing to make it as a as a business perspective and have uh, turnover there with with players and not get too too worried when players leave and we sell them because that's how academies are supposed to work. It's more of a case or of just ensuring we do get fees team. for them. Or in general yeah. with the first team because we have. The two, we sold two players, Jack Hunt and Zhao, since Chan has been here. I think well, I in fairness, Chan has said in this fans forum that he, he knows he needs to sell players um, yeah. uh, at the right time. So, And talking about contracts, actually, as well. So he talked about some short-termism and long co long contracts. And he sort of said the fans aren't... Um, he was sort of like saying that fans... He's actually said fans moan at short-term deals now. They used to we used to have long contracts that they moaned about because they didn't work and cost us a lot of money. So I do understand what you're saying there. It's kind of yeah. a no-win situation. I prefer the short-term with options, personally, than tying people I, in. I prefer, I prefer the short-term with options or long contract with younger players under 25. Yeah, that's probably, probably the, as well that's is, what we're doing now. I feel like he's generalising as well. He's, he's generalising too much, and, and he doesn't seem to see here from what has been taken by uh, the examiner... Oh no! Sorry, the star—it's the star that's talking about the uh, um, about the contracts and stuff. But he, he doesn't seem to realise that actually long contracts do work, and just because they haven't worked out with who he's got in the past, 
He's then blanket the generalized is, to we all give players. Long contract to people over twenty-five or thirty. That's why they've not worked. Yeah, if but you're no, going but long what contract, I'm saying, Jake, is saying. that he's generalizing to all age groups. It seems mm. with the, with this statement particularly, and so he just doesn't want to do them anymore whatsoever. So he's taken this entire overcorrection reaction, and he just doesn't want to do them whatsoever. So it's just all short terms with options. Which Did we again, sign Wilkes on a three-year, like, though? Yeah. Yeah, but even then, that's three years, not five years. And five, I would consider I a long contract I don't, five I years. Actually, I, I actually disagree with this point. Five years at any level at the Premier League, other than the Premier League, I don't think is a good idea. I, I, I don't, because there's too, me, there's too much fluctuation. You know, when you're in in your League One and the champion... If you're in the Premier League, you're looking at protecting your assets long-term. Unless you've got an absolute wonder kid, five years should not even be talked about at this level, in my opinion. Because it's too it's it's too much of an investment. And the player can easily sit on the, the laurels as well. Look at look at Byers and Windass. Byers as an example. He's been here two years. He had an option, three. So it's three years, and then you go from there. And then next year, you go, here's two, and then another option at the end of it. Yeah. I think unless you've got a wonder kid and you know that he's very, very good and he's a sellable asset, you put him on the longest contract you can give him. I mean, I again, you, you, I feel like you two have misunderstood a little bit what I'm saying. I'm only saying talk about a five-year contract to a player that's like 20, 21 years old or 22 even. I'm not talking about a 25-year-old here's a five-year contract. I'm just saying... So, like, uh, no, me, I know what you're saying. Then. I know what you're saying we about the ages. Is. It's more of we a case of the potential saying. of the player. It would be an individual. I don't think. I again, I think that's more of a case of we're trying to read into that too much. I think yeah. he would be open to a longer contract for players that warrant it because we have seen the fact that he is offering. We we didn't see three years for a while, and we have started to see three year deals. So, and mm. also, we gave a three year. We talk. We're talking about this. He gave a three year deal to Michael Smith. Who yeah. is older? So yeah. I think it's sort of like I think that's one that's again he said it. It's been interpreted in the moment, but it's not actually the reality of the situation because there are, there are exceptions to the rule because we've seen it last season. And Chancellor's also did answer a question in the way that you've said earlier, James, where sometimes and his his direct quote is sometimes if they have longer contracts, then they relax, meaning they'll sit on the laurels, like you said and not yeah. actually try and perform because they know that they're set for the next five years or whatever it is, three years, mm. whatever. Um, so I think you've probably agreed with Chan Siri on that point as well, actually. Yeah, I don't I um, don't disagree with him. I, know, I think mm. that's the thing. I think one thing we've always tried to be on this podcast is yeah. fair. Like, he oh, yeah. tries to be fair with the fans. We've, I've always tried to be fair with Chan Siri. I'm not in a very good mood about the whole situation at the minute. But I'm still no. trying to be objective and look at it yeah. like that, which is why I did a different stance on the season tickets this time. Before I actually looked into the core of the, the pricing structure and tried to see it from a business owner's perspective, it's very hard for me to say yes. that when none yeah. of the other clubs around our level are doing it. So I'm like, mm. why do we have to be the odd ones out? And that does grate me. However, I did try and look at it from the other perspective. I'm trying to be fair and objective. So let's move on to his ambitions for this season. Now, this took a lot of people by surprise, especially after just parting with Darren Moore. Again, reading from the Yorkshire Live scripts of it, he said, Chan Siri, the following, for me, the minimum should be playoffs. 
Anyone can lose and win in the playoffs. It's 50-50. If we don't try, then what's the point in staying in the championship? If you want us to push, then we expect the fans to help us a bit. Then we'll have more of a chance. Forget the fan thing there, because we've talked about the fans enough. He's aiming for the playoffs after just departing with Darren Moore. Now, there's a big question over... A lot of the rumours were that Darren, uh, that Chancery thought we were closer to the playoffs with a few additions and Darren Moore thought it was going to be a longer project and that's where the disagreement sort of broke down. That's just rumours and speculation. But do you think this is overly ambitious, Jack? If he, if he puts... It, effectively in this situation, it's, it's if you put your money where your mouth is, to use that coin, coined phrase then no, it's not too ambitious because Sunderland did it. Southampton, by the way, the last the last time they were in the championship, they were only in it for one season and they went up mm. because they got promoted alongside Reading into the Premier League the same year we got promoted into the championship in 2012. That's the last time they were in the championship was they literally just spent one year in it and went straight up from League One Championship, Premier League. That's why when we went up in 2012, if you remember, loads of the fan base were going, we're going to do a South, we're going to do a Southampton here. Mm. We're going to go straight up. That's what they meant. Do a Southampton. Do we're only that. going to be in it for one year and straight up. So it has been done, if not very rarely, but what, we've also- the other side of the city add, did add it. a bit of optimism because I feel like I've been very negative previously. So just to add a bit of optimism- Nobody thought we were going to come back against Peterborough, and we did, and we and we defied yes. the odds. So I think the difference is we've got rid of the time, manager that did that now, yeah. and the belief. But yeah, that again, it, it's it all it's all the intent of who we get in as the manager, and the intent of who we bring in as players. And if we keep, if we just end up bringing in players that look like they are the standards who's just settled in the championship for a while, then that's what we'll get. You know, you get what yeah. you pay for in a way. I, so it's I, all about- I fully believe I fully believe that we need to make sure that we um we get this recruitment right because he's talking about these ambitions the thing that's worrying me is the breakdown in 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 Darren Moore and Chan series sort of conversation there about how to actually do that the Wilder did it with United. He had a season of stabilisation in the championship and then he went straight up. So it could be a, th- a case of you aim for the playoffs and then you, you're trying to get out of this league. He talks about how teams tend to fall off in this league. He, he used a mm. phrase that I can't really use because the word mm. unalive on this. Just for some re- yeah. yeah, exactly. But it's clubs tend to do that if they're in the championship for too long. But do it you think this us. is just... It, it literally happened yeah, to us. Yeah, it did. We are case in point. Do you think this is... Do you think this is madness from Chancery, Jake? I think it's... He's set himself up again, which is what I don't like. When he first came in, he said, I want us in the Premier League by 2017, right? The year, the 150th anniversary. And I think he is over-promising. And then when it under-delivers, he's setting himself up to have the attack. Realistically, if if you're answering that question... It should have been every club that comes into the championship want to go up. It's just what it is. You want to go up by the playoffs. You don't want to be in the championship too long because you can get stagnant. The problem is, I think Darren Moore wanted to do one season of just being a stable championship club, if that means just staying up or getting about mid-table. Second season, you start to push on with that. Maybe you look at 
going for a little bit of a playoff push and go from there. And then if you go up by the playoff, you're already there. And then third season, right, with Dave, with Dave on now, we're just going to have a crack at it and go for it, where we got the players. I think it's, it all depends on who we get in. I don't think Darren Moore thought that was a, a way of doing it. I really don't think Darren Moore thought that is not realistic with A, the players I've got, and B, whatever the budget I've got. Like the people said about the player situation, Darren Moore has agreed on the players that is on the left. This is agreement between Darren Moore and the recruitment and Chance. So he knows what he was getting in. So it's not an issue there. I don't think. I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue was an unrealistic uh, target. And if it is mm. an unrealistic target and Chance, say he's not doing well 10 to 15 games in, he could just be told, right, you're not doing what I said, what I wanted and we wanted to do. We're going to do it. Because you look at in the League One, first season, it was to try and go up. We failed that. We went playoffs. Second season, all you heard were people turning around and saying, hey, we're going to go up for champions. We didn't go up for champions. We went up via the playoffs. And if, if, that, if the remit was to go up for champions, he failed in that. But going up, he still managed to succeed. So I'm wondering if there'd been a kind of thing of gone, well, your goal was to get championship, but you didn't get you didn't get it. But Darren Moore can come back at that and go, I wanted four players in January. I got one. It swings and roundabouts. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we're talking about ambition and we're talking about the fact that I think I, I like the ambition, but I have been very concerned recently with the strategy. <laughs> so it's a yeah. case of I love that ambition. Of course, we want to head for that. We do need to get into the Premier League. If we are going to remit... Right, Tim Foyle hat on. Sheffield Wednesday are clinging to our big club status and it's mainly helped by our fan base. Look at the playoffs, right? Yep. We don't have long. I think in this next decade, it's going to fade. Yes. We need... We need to massively do something. We need to get there. Even one, even a promotion relegation season that will give us something again. We need it. Mm. And that's why this is yeah. a crucial time and it has to be done right. So I appreciate the ambition because he's looking towards the right path, but he's got to get this right. And it doesn't, it feels very ropey at the minute. Time will and tell. The, the manager that comes in and the players that we sign, if they don't have that sort of ambition, they're the wrong players anyway, in my mind. Like, it if that's so the chairman's cool. ambition, get the manager and get the players in that also match that ambition. Otherwise, we are just going to fail in that ambitious uh, vision. You know? Like, and on to also what you said, James, as well. The the sort of Chris, the heyday, the golden era of the Chris Waddle, the John Sheridan, all that stuff, that was 30 years ago now. 30 years. Mm. 20 of those years, we've had dismal times, awful times. So it's not surprising that all of that glamour is fading now. And it, we do need to do something. Otherwise, sadly, the other side are going to end up being seen as the big club. By, by, a lot, by some groups of fans, they already are, which is really yeah. sad. But we need to do something now. We need to, we need to stop being the, the, oh, weren't they great 30 years ago? We need to be great now. We need to start being, they're great now. We are feared now, not respected for what we did 30 years ago. Because that can only get you so far. Mm. It's true. You know? 
So let's talk about players that um, yes. might not be wanting to give it all for the uh, badge because there's one that at the time of recording this podcast, so we will just treat it like he's gone because he's having a medical today, according to the star. This is from the star. Sheffield Wednesday man set for medical with Owls deal to be turned down. The star recently reported that the 22-year-old, this is for Sayodil Basharu for the record, um, had been offered a two offered two three-year deals by Turkish Super League outfits. Antalaspor and Hatayaspor. Sorry, just sorry. No. And now it looks like he's made his decision on where he'll be playing football next season. It is understood that the former Man City youngster will undergo a medical in Turkey on Friday ahead of his proposed switch. And he's set to commit long-term to Goyin Yedizi as they prepare for their 2023-2024 top flight campaign. Wednesday have offered Fizz a new deal to remain at Hillsborough, but with Darren Moore's exit this week, it's become even more unlikely he'd opt to stick around at S6 for the club's return to the championship. So Fizz is gone, basically. Are we too caught up about this one? Because I didn't think even with Darren Moore, he was going to stick around. You know, he talked about it. Um, So Jack, uh, Jake, sorry, we'll start with you this time. What are your thoughts? I don't think he was staying. Uh, I think if he wanted to stay, he would have signed that contract in October. He would have signed it, got it done, done and dusted, and we won't be talking about it now. He'd be our player. Um, yes. I'm gutted a little bit that we're not going to make some money on him, but also he going to Turkey, that says a lot about his ambition a little bit, I wonder, because if you do well, there are clubs that will go and get some really good player from Turkey and go in the Prem and do well, but yeah. it's... It just seems like the agent's gone, I found you two clubs, here you go, let's get you out and gone, kind of thing. Yeah, it'll and be more money, it'll sense, be more money, it'll be top flight football, it'll be It'll be one of those things that you probably in, would, I'd have jumped ship in League One, but not in the not in the championship no. if you're an ambitious side, so that's the one question for me there. Yeah, um, and thing is, from what I've heard, Fizz wanted to stay. Fizz were quite happy to stay. And yes, it's... The, um, and the thing is, but the world is run by agents. Yes, the noise is in his ear, basically. Yep. So that's why I don't want to be too harsh on the player, no, to be I fair. Um, we might have said that in terms of giving it all for the shirt and sort of thing. I think he would have... I think he was he was quite settled here and could have kicked on with us. Um, so I am re- disappointed in that regard. I think the best thing is, let's remember for the times that he did, let's remember what he did in that final to help set the goal off goal up for the game and we go thank you for your service good luck in turkey shame it hasn't worked out jack i just hope his agent enjoys the uh, agent fee that he gets because that's clearly what all this moves about is that his agent has wanted the commission to get himself a nice little oh look i've made a big move to a, to a turkish super league side give me a promotion please agency that's what that's all about to me and at the same time, it's it, with how Fizz was playing after his injury comeback, it just looked like he was half out the door anyway. So do we really want a player that wants to kind of just play like he's not too fussed anymore? Or do we want players in the door that are going to bleed blue and white, so to speak? And uh, like, if he's gone more power to him, good luck. But, you know, shit, moments of brilliant brilliance amongst more consistent times of just looking like, you know, not chasing loose balls. Oh, I've lost. Like, he was doing... I noticed that even in the final. Oh, I've lost that ball now. I'll not bother chasing it. Someone else can do that. I'll just walk. 
to to the position I'm supposed to be in. Stuff like that. His work rate was atrocious a lot of the time. And I just, I don't want players like that sticking around if that's how they're going to be. I'm being so negative this episode, by the way. I'm so no, sorry. No, it's fine. It's, it's, it's like, your opinion. It's fine. <clears throat> like, I just... I d- if players aren't going to be with the week we've had, yeah, like I just don't want players in the changing room that are going to be like that and stuff. You yeah. Know? So the one que- mm. the one question for me was uh, Banning questioned him earlier in the season. I think he sort of had his head turned in terms of he was probably actually fi- uh, buying into what we were doing a little bit more. I think it's possibly a mistake for him footballing wise because I think yes. there's a player in there that the physicality of the championship with him getting more game time at Wednesday would have been really beneficial for him. Um, I actually think he'd have probably been picked up. I, I think he very much could have had a career here. I don't see yeah. it in the same way that I see um, like Shaw and the Hurst situation. I don't treat it in that same regard because I think I think he had a, he had some time with us. It's not like he's leaving when we... Re- it's not like he's putting it... He could have signed a contract... In the in January with these clubs, by the way, and he didn't. Right, he waited till the end of the season to judge his options. So, mm. I've got more respect for him on that front. It's sad to see that he won't develop at Wednesday, but again, that's a wage that can be going somewhere else as we do this rebuild and rejig for the yep. championship. So, best of luck, Fizz. Didn't work out, um, and I do hope he he has some sort of career with it because. There is a player in there. He just needs to yeah. get. And he just in, needs to get. Really. He just needs to get an agent that's actually got Fizz's best interests at heart and not his own pockets. So, but you can say that allegedly. a lot about a lot of players. I think allegedly, allegedly, you know, allegedly. Moving on. Moving on. But yes, I think um, we should start talking about managers. Okay. Where's he gone? Where is he? He's at? gone to get a. He's there gone to go. get a can out of his mini fridge. Oh, okay. <laughs> Apolo- so, apology, apologies. Uh, my, we've got no zero water pressure. <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! Oh no! Uh, and we're waiting for a callback from Yorkshire Water. Right, I'm um, going to do it for the clickbait because it's um, okay. It's top of the odds now because fans are silly. Well done, person uh, on Twitter. I'm you, not even going to give you the credit for this. I, I, I will say something though, James. You have missed out on a player. Johnson's not coming. Johnson's not signing either. Why did you do that when I was in breakout mode? I'll go back to breakout mode in a second. Let's talk about Johnson then. Yeah, I know Johnson's not going to sign, but he's, we don't know. He, he, the reason I'm saying we're probably going to talk about that on the next episode because he's not. He's linked with. Um, who's he linked with? Who wants Ipswich. it? That's the one. <laughs> Ironically. Ip, yeah, Ipswich want him after all that drama. So, But yeah, I think Fizz will be out the door by the time this podcast goes out. So yeah, Johnson's not going to sign either. But no. That's to be expected. But yes, let's go into the uh, drama territory. Well done to that person on Twitter who made this up, basically, um, and managed to get it to the top of the Skybet odds. Paul into to be like the next Sheffield Wednesday. Now. One to two. Four to one. Full, full one to two. More. Yes, that's why I've, I've, I've kind of said we have to put it in the bloody podcast now. It's not going to happen. Paul Ince is not going to be the next Sheffield Wednesday. Watch please. it happen now. Please, Watch no. it happen now. Please, Watch it no. happen just because he goes, oh, that might be a good idea. And it actually oh. does happen. Don't. So basically, the way this followed, because I looked into it a little bit more, somebody basically started a tweet that looked like something that had been very, very well-crafted on a phone going, oh, this is this is uh, Liam Dooley 
clearly texting about Paul Ince because Chancery's lost it, appointed Paul Ince as the next Wednesday manager. Obviously, our fan base is looking for absolutely anything at the minute, so reacted to it. Some people started lumping it on bets-wise. They started going, oh my God, panicking. People were going into it. And then that's how a rumour starts, a really well-placed thing. If you just looked at this lad's likes, he was liking all the people who were calling out the fact that he was baiting people. And I was like, you've got people on strings. Right? Paul, this is not going to happen. Right? But if it did, for God's sake, how would you feel, Jake? Uh, I'd like to just take those uh, elephants that are outside and just sit on them in the don and go and think about my life choices. <laughs> That's how I feel I because I, I, it just feels so depressing. Yes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have anything to add, Jack, Jack. I'd want to go and sit in a bath with a certain household object that turns red warm and crispy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just be like, well, that's it. The ambition's gone all over again. Here we are. And also, the thing for go back to, you want top six, DC? Yes. You want top six and you want to hire a manager that didn't work for five years and then has just managed an absolute dumpster fire of a situation unsuccessfully. Okay, great, great. Oh, please don't hire Paul Ince, please. please. Top, His tactics top. aren't even nice. His tactics are dirty. He hires like really old has-beens. We've been through that era of Sheffield Wednesday. We don't want it again. He's oh. not better than Darren Moore either, which is why I was no. like, yeah, that's that's this is why you've you've been managed to come up with believable bait that people will jump like, on. And now we're covering off, it on the podcast. Hats off podcast to like make bait like this this good. Hats off. It takes some real skill to actually orchestrate actual legitimate betting odd companies to think yes oh my god paul ince oh we'll stick him at the top of our rates list oh yes oh god it's so i must say the reason we're speaking with such anyway. confidence is because we usually hear things as well and this is yeah. sort of obviously mm-hmm. something that was completely different so uh, uh, it's uh, if it has this is can you imagine if it had this would be behind everything we have heard so yep the, prob- the, prob- the problem with this is if this is the case, you then have to question everything Chancery just said in that fan forum. Uh, yes, yeah, and more. then it's more damage to his reputation, which allegedly, according to an article that came out a couple of years ago from The Athletic, apparently it was in tatters when we got relegated anyway in the footballing world. Do we- and-, and obviously it's been a little bit rebuilt with the whole promotion from League One again, but... It just puts it back into tatters again. You know? It's not going to happen. It's just... It's not it going to happen. Let's move on. It's not. Let's move on. Yeah. Yes. No. Second in there is Nathan Jones. Um, oh, no. no thanks, not him, please. I, I don't want Nathan Jones. The one I do want to talk about, third in the betting odds, and I've done a short video on this. Jake's done a short video on this. It'll probably be a breakout topic, so let us know what you think about it in the comments below. Steven Gerrard, right? Because the more I've thought about this and all the people that are linked, I don't know if I'm turning into this might being a slightly good idea out of the best of a situation that we're currently in. Jack, what would you think to Steven Gerrard be Sheffield Wednesday's manager? Of course. Um, 
That's I awful. just can't wait for that. Yeah, no, but I can't wait for that being well, the if, well, if, yeah, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. if Stephen Gerald oh, does but, get the job, you're not going near him to interview him. No. Maybe not. <laughs> no. But it it's it's strange because he might pull a lot of good talent along into mm. being a Sheffield Wednesday player, but at the same time, he's not set the world like he's only really had lots of success at, at Rangers but then Rangers and Celtic are the only clubs that are any good in Scotland so <laughs> oh, he you lost know put a target like, on his back didn't he that's 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 kind of so many bang average managers go to Scotland do well alright because it's just it's, it's what the league is up there um, you know he came down to Villa massively blew the massive treasure trove that they got from the Jack Grealish sale on players that didn't really work out very well for him. No, he blew, and, he blew it on his mates. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Coutinho and whatever. And, but I don't know. I don't know. Because Lampard, everybody had doubts about Lampard when he went to manage Derby and he did a very good job there. But ever since then, he's wildly overspent and wildly underdelivered. So it's, it's a gamble. Do we necessarily think that a big name player is going to make a big time manager? Because I think, given this, the only thing that does actually make me this this appeal to me is I think the Villa job was was a step too far for him at this stage. Mm. He did well at Rangers, and yes, you can talk about the league, but in terms of right, if Chancery thinks we are closer to the Premier League than we potentially are, and that was the disagreement with Darren Moore, right? Yeah. Having a player, a, a manager like Gerard come in. This is probably a better level for him to start at. He probably doesn't need to drop yeah. to League One. He could probably drop to the Championship and a club that is a project. With his contact book, we are probably closer with a manager like Gerard than we would be given the circumstances because he could come in, he could get some bloody good loans and that's where it's going to come down to. Good loans to bolster to this squad and get us closer to where Chancery says he thinks we're going to be this season. That's why I see this being more of a logistical signing because of the project and the fact that there is somebody that is coming in was a big time player and can use that to sway younger players and bring more of that growth into the club for a project jake i agree with all that uh my only thing is i i don't know how a person who has someone very close to what happened at our stadium who lost a family member can look at that stadium every time and manage that um, the only that the only thing that gets me there's that side of it i don't really want to talk about that side of it i, I want to talk I, about I, the football inside of it but i completely get what you're saying it depends on i think that it, it, would be very much a case of him if he can separate yeah. that for yeah. his job if, if, and, if you're going if you're going on the football side I think it would be a good appointment. I think you would have to see what funds Chancery would put into it as well. See what happened. He did very good with Liverpool Youth Academy. Uh, probably would still know some people there. No Villa got a good academy as well. So he got the link there. If football isn't that bad to watch either, it's actually decent. And if you wanted a manager that wanted to have a go at players when it wasn't going right, the one thing that you can say he will give him a rocket up the backside. I think I think the thing you've got is this will be a really good job for him, but also remember one thing. If he comes in, we are just a stepping stone for him again. 
like he was yeah. at Rangers. We are. He comes in stepping stone. Do we really want to be in a position where we have? Say he comes in, does really well next year, but then Premier League are looking at cha- chopping and changing, and then we're back to square one again. Well, I think if it, it's it's short termism, isn't it? So if he can get mm-hmm. us yeah. to the playoffs and we can we can manage to chance something, I'd take that. And I think yeah, I think it's a, it's a it's it's a case of if it's right for him and it's right for the club, it's a move that I am softening on purely because of the situation we are in. So. It'd be interesting to see what happens. It would be. I know it would be a good way rejuvenating his manager career and going. Look, this is what I did with the club, with what the position they were in. So, in that sense, it's a good kind of go. I can do this. I specifically asked. I specifically did a short on this so I could bring it up in this breakout topic here and chat about it. So I'll read the comments that are on that short because I asked people what they thought about it. Um. Jim writes in says Gerald will want to spend. I imagine did well at Rangers. Um, John says I'd take him. Uh, Joe says he'd want to spend money that Chancery hasn't got. The connections could help us out though. I'm not convinced he could get us to playoffs, but I wouldn't rule him out either. As the other nobodies on the list don't fill me with any confidence at all. Nat says not for me. I want someone with more experience. Taz says no, please. Nathan. Jones, Ryan Lowe, Bruno Large in, in my opinion. Oof. Nathan Jones. No, it could never be Nathan Jones because Nathan... Do, do you know what's come out about him at Southampton? He got intimidated by the size of the club and the players Southampton? who were there. Yes. Yep. Right. Do you not, rem- do you not remember he managed at Southampton? Yep. No, I was saying he intimidated oh, by the Stoke, size of the... By the way, yeah. same story as, as as when he was at Stoke. He got intimidated by the size of the club and he got intimidated by the players that were in those dressing rooms sort of saying, I've got no right to tell you how you should be playing football. You know, it's the you know it's all on you and I just want you to respect kind mm. of where I'd want to take this. And he didn't give them any sort of plan. And there was no, like, leadership with him. And it'd be the same if he came to Sheffield Wednesday. Right, okay, Southampton are a a big club, don't get me wrong. But, like, if you talk about the... Yeah, he wouldn't come here because... I'm looking at their... I'm doing attendance FC here, by the way. Um, Is their average around 30k? Am I right in saying that? Um, Who's Southampton? Yeah, something like that, I think. So, yeah, yeah, this season their average was 30k, which is more than our average. But if you think we're in the Premier League, we'd be averaging 30k. Mm. So you'd think about the club's relative, like, fan base sizes... Yeah, it'd be it'd be similar, you know. So yeah, that couldn't well, yeah. happen. But yeah, why, why uh, do you think he's why do you think he's only ever done well at Luton and was so passionate about Luton? Just oh, saying, he's having a go at Luton now. Jesus Christ, be careful. Um, so, oh yeah, I just remembered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> God, that In was joke. a day. Um, <laughs> Ryan says, "I defo have him. Why not? Better than someone known." Who I suspect, uh, who I suspect he will appoint. Rob says, "I don't know, but yes." At the same time, I mean, he's got a Liverpool legend, and maybe we can get Salah. Lol, joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't think Michael Carrick can do it. So can Gerard, maybe. True. Daniel says, "Won't happen." All- he wants. Yeah, oh, sorry. He says, "Wants a Pren job. Won't ever get that here." No, Liv Clover just says, "No, thanks." Bob says, absolutely not. I don't want to be Gerald's Wednesday like Derby when Rooney and Lampard was there. I get that. I do understand that side of it. Yeah. 
and um, a lot of people talking about his connections to Hillsborough and the family member there. So I do understand that side of it, obviously. Max but he'd also raise the profile of the club. He would. We'd get we'd get media we'd actu- attention. We'd a lot actually more. get a, a lot more attention, and people maybe people might finally stop calling us Sheffield. God. But, but question for you. Yes. Yes, he will w- raise the media with us, right? But with everything we just have with Chancery, is that a good idea? Well, yeah. if he can, yeah, help no, put I, a positive I reckon we need more. It, we need that sort of. We thing. need more. Yeah, because if all that's getting put into the media is this negative stuff like this, the the fans forum stuff, yeah. and all of that crap that we had in twenty twenty one, where it was just literally media piece after piece after piece were just hit pieces on the chairman and the club when we in that relegation season, it was just hit piece after hit piece after hit piece, and we were painted into the mud by the by the media, just like certain media people tried to do that to us after we beat Newcastle just because we beat the media darlings Newcastle. So we need a bit of, you know, positive press again. And I, I th- honestly think that Gerard would do that, you know? We had it, he left. I'm not holding back today, am I? Jesus, anyway. You are not. Um, no, <laughs> right, last one. Vitor Campelos has been, he's fifth at the minute on the ratings after Bruno Large. Um, so we've looked into this guy a little bit. I'd never heard of him. And that f- probably shows my lack of football knowledge to some extent, <laughs> but like outside of the uh, English systems. But he, he's he been linked with Hull and Cardiff. He's obviously currently unemployed. He's He got fifth place, didn't he? Um, yeah. Or no, he, he, he's... Uh, he got seventh place seventh in the Portuguese place, Premier um, League. And he couldn't uh, do it because of uh, the owner didn't register him. Register, yeah. He's effectively, he has done to a club in Portugal what Rob Edwards has done with Luton. Except, mm. yeah, you know, before that, and then he's got them even more in an unlikely turn of events into seventh place and into Europe. But they only didn't go to Europe to the com- uh, to the Conference League that West Ham won. They only didn't go to that because their club owner forgot to register them. So they didn't go. Because probably their club owner was not expecting to ever be in a position anytime soon to be in Europe. But there they were, thanks to that man. So yeah. despite a lot of our fans saying he's a nobody, he's actually done something quite remarkable in Portugal. Um, beaten, but is this, uh, is this the move well. we want? Do we want an unknown in this league? In this league, Because Carlos obviously worked to an extent. But do we need that right now when we're looking at stability at Sheffield Wednesday, Jake? Not really we need someone who can come in and uh kind of already know the league not need to be someone who had to know what it's about but it kind of does make sense like formations he does he play he normally play for a 4-4-1-1 um he's had a decent-ish record at clubs that he's been at and the thing is it's one of the ones he does want to get into English football. It sounds like it. He can speak fluent English as well. So you don't have the language barrier there, which was my first kind of little thing that might be an issue. It will be a big gamble. And it goes back to, we know Chancery like to be a bit of a gambler at times. If this worked, then great. But 
I, I've looked more and more things about him. He's good at working with a limited budget. He likes to use the, use youth and use academies. So in that sense, he probably ticks all the boxes for DC there. Limited budget, academy. Um, he likes to do a lot of things in the community as well. So another tick there will be probably there. It ticks a lot of the boxes for what Chancery is looking for, but it doesn't tick the box of, box with it not being someone we don't know. And it's it's really thrown everything into a loop of where we are now with the announcement Monday. And I think whoever comes in, please God, not Paul Ince, uh, but whoever comes in <laughs> is going to be on put on such a high pedestal, they need to understand that they're going to be seen as the person who replaced Darren Moore. And so they're going to hit the ground running and be willing to just work with whatever they get thrown at. So we'll see. In theory, what I've seen and read and researched about him, I like him a lot. Then the, the thing, can it, can it be translated from the Portuguese league to the championship, which I'm just going to say right now, lads, this is the hardest championship I've ever season, uh, seen this season, ever. I don't think I've seen one this hard to try and get out of. No. No, I, I think I think if he, if he became the manager, I'd back him. Um, oh, def- definitely. I, I, I do think we need somebody who is probably... It's probably more of a name. At the current situation, you've sacked somebody who had momentum. Well, not sacked, but mutually consented mm. somebody who had momentum and had this squad believing in him. So, and believing in themselves because of him. So, you've got to have a big, a big move to come in after that. And I don't know if this is the one. It's one we'd probably make, but we'll see what happens. Mm. I'm not. I'm not convinced. Oh God! The more Twitter just gets around this, this in stuff is the more it gets started to get concerned just stop stop putting yeah. it in our heads but yeah guys this has been a long one there's a lot of um stuff we've talked about today we had a cracker we had a freeze in the middle of it so this is like an hour and ten on here so we think the first bit was like 40 minutes so enjoy the long podcast it we was will, 30 uh, i know because i've looked at the file that that recovered so <laughs> So I was probably just chatting for five minutes on my own. Yeah. Right. But anyway, that's all I've got for this week's episode of Talking Wednesday. Anything to add before we go, Jack? Uh, well, it's fine. My, my my opinion on an unknown manager doesn't matter. Um, and also, Jake, the hardest one you've ever seasoned. What, are you using paprika Did I not give that? you a bit of oregano? On, on, on Campelos? <laughs> on Campelos. No, you didn't ask. But it's fine. It doesn't matter. It's fine. I need my um, lunch, mate. We've been going for a long time. I've got work to do later. I've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my head's gone. <laughs> head's gone. It's fine. It's fine. I've been very opinionated anyway, so that'll be some decent. Yeah, I just got sick of listening crap. to you. That's what. That's what yeah. really happened. Oh. But yeah, nothing else to add. <laughs> no, uh, just uh, other uh, than we need to get this sorted. We need to. We need to show ambition in who we go for. And not just sort yeah. of say, we want to get top six, but we're not going to actually sign players or sign a manager that wants to get top six and languish, you know? The time of languishing is over. We need to actually do something. Otherwise, Sheffield United are going to be forever in the next 10 years, 20 years, be known as the bigger club. And we can't have that. Not at all. Because they will be insufferable if that happens. Um, so, yeah, that's... You go and have a nap. 
you've had a lot of anger. Go and go and have a, have a, go and I sleep. I felt it off. very angry, you know, the last like yes, week I or could so. Tell. I've just I could tell. Oh, Jake, anything to add before we go? Uh, I'm looking forward to getting a manager in soon and not a manger like I did because I can't manger. build a toffee. <laughs> oh, for uh, God's sake. Not again. But, yeah, it happened again. I have one this week and I was like, are we getting Jesus in? And I kind of said, I already worked with him. <laughs> I thought he's already on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Someone actually said, yeah, that person who you do who do you, you do the podcast with, Jesus, you two should be managers. like, God, no. <laughs> I'll do it. There you go. New it. manager, Jet Dirty Box, with his assistant, Worko, done. Right, we've got... We oh, I'm not Worko as the assistant. Wheel. I want to quit after a day. <laughs> God. <laughs> he can be the tea boy. <laughs> can bring the tea. <laughs> yeah. Why did, you didn't seem to enjoy that, Jack. No? We're not bringing the tea? I, I just feel like I'd be a very good motivator, actually. A very good motivational speaker to the team. But a tea boy doesn't do that, does he? So, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I need to go. We need to go. I need to go and eat. But yes, that's been it for this week's episode of Talking Wednesday. Take care. And we will see you probably very soon in the next episode of Talking Wednesday. See ya. See you later. (laughs) 